BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. We've got Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong with us this morning. They're part of the comedy festival SF Sketchfest, which opens today, and we couldn't miss the opportunity to talk with these legendary comedians. In 1978, they invented the stoner buddy comedy with their film Up in Smoke, and ever since, they've been a fixture of American popular culture. But time has not stood still. Marijuana is legal now in most places, and they've been exploring their own interests, including Marin's world-class Chicano arts collection. We'll take stock of the world as they see it now, as they imagined it might be then, and what they make of today's comedians. That's coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Cheech and Chong are one of the country's most legendary comedy duos. Working together for years, splitting up for a long time, reuniting for many more years. They've been making songs and jokes together from the high point of the hippie movement through the Reagan era, past Trump, and now into COVID times. It's been a long, wild ride, improvised and planned, absolutely pathbreaking and also decidedly silly. I sort of can't believe that I get to interview you. Welcome to the show, Cheech Marin. Thank you for being with us for this uh, perfect Friday show. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's a pleasure waking up again. <laughs> as always, as always. Yeah. You know, so uh, I wanted to talk about some of the beginnings uh, for you. You know, you went to Cal State Northridge. You were, you know, long loved and, and studied art. Why were you up in Canada when you met Tommy Chong in 1968? Well, it was uh, two two uh, reasons. Uh, one is I was a, a very involved in the draft resistance movement during the Vietnam War, and uh, and uh, symbolic symbolically we had all turned in our draft cards in order to. Uh, protest against the war, and so they were after us, and General Hershey, who was the director of the draft at the time, issued a directive that anybody who did that, handed in their cards or Mm. burned their cards or demonstrated at the draft board, would immediately be reclassified, we were all students, and uh, drafted and sent to the front lines in Vietnam, so that was his fix. So That's why he was ahead of the draft. And uh, 
And so, at, but at the same time, in my last semester in college, I discovered I took a pottery class, and it took over my life, and that was my destiny, and I was going to be a potter. And uh, so I went to I was uh, went to Canada to study with or to be an apprentice to a very famous potter. At the same time, with the draft thing was going on, and I hadn't been drafted yet. But it was imminent, so, so I, it was it was a twofer. You know, I, I think I got a discount <laughs> on my uh, Greyhound bus ticket too. You know, and I oh. went up to uh, to Calgary, uh, and, and coincidentally, I I moved to the very same place that Tommy Chong was born in uh, and raised, and so and I knew I started hearing from all these people who knew this guy Tommy Chong, and, blah, blah, and that was that was okay. Well, this is weird, so I I guess I'm supposed to go with this, you know. But that's why I was there. Oh man, what was uh, Canada like for a Chicano dude from you know South Central LA? Well, you know, I had this. I was going to Calgary, Alberta, and I had this image of you know Sergeant Preston on the Yukon of the Yukon and dog sled and his, and his trusted <laughs> Eskimo friend, and it looked like Bakersfield. <laughs> you know, and I go, okay, so way off in the distance, what's those mountains? Oh, that's the Canadian Rockies. Okay, I better go towards that. You know, and uh, and that's why. <laughs> It was it was totally opposite of whatever I I had imagined uh, before. So, and and I knew no one, and, uh, and but I was sent up there to a, a liaison with this uh, apprentice potter that uh, that my uh, teacher had, and he was starting a pottery, and I was uh, supposed to go up there and help him uh, start a pottery. Huh. So when did you start to make the turn from, you know, doing ceramics, which uh, oh. is is awesome, and I wonder if you've gone back to that, but when did you make the turn from that to doing more comedy and music and acting and those things? Well, I was always a, a, a musician from a very – I made my first record when I was five years old. I was, uh, I was, I was this little squeaky-voiced Chicano kid that could – that could uh, carry a tune. And so that was very interesting to this one guy who had, had this little record company that he used to make those kind of records and, and sell them in the neighborhood. I grew up in South Central uh, LA. And, uh, and so I, 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 was, I was always that. I was always a singer and I was a singer throughout my, to this day. And then at some point I started learning how to play guitar and I was a guitarist and a singer. And uh, what was the other thing I was that you asked? Oh yeah, ceramicist. Well, you were. Oh. You, know, you were. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Once I was working for this the other potter in Canada, Edra Hanchuk was his name, and he had won the bicentennial exhibition award the year that I got there, and uh, and and he and uh, I was making pottery one day, and these two older ladies who were coming up to see his pottery, and 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 he, and I was on the wheel throwing this, and they said, "Well, what what is that?" He, what is he you know what and because that was always the question because they had never seen chicanos and mexicans before and they did trying to figure out what i was and so he says well he's mexican it's just oh that's very natural he'd be throwing pottery so that's why i was, <laughs> that's why I was a potter i guess my, um, my we want to welcome in your longtime uh comedy partner tommy chong part of obviously of the comedy duo cheech and chong welcome tommy Hey, thank you. Thank you. Hey, there you are. Finally, no thank you for finally noticing me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tommy, uh, I do have to ask you one very important question. Um, how does it feel to be the preeminent Canadian, Chinese, Irish, Chicano icon? That's a joke. 
that to Joe. Uh, who, 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 are you, who are you talking to? Me no, she? to you, Tommy. To you. I I feel like because you've been part of this comedy duo that's so associated with Chicano culture, I feel like you've become an icon for Chicanos everywhere. Yeah, no, I, I really, I, I, I like that. I like that part, you know, especially when I go to Mexico, you know, really. <laughs> you know, I, I get all the weed I want. <laughs> just have to... <laughs> I, I just have to look like I need to get high. People, oh. They kind of get pissed off when he can't speak Spanish either. <laughs> okay. Are you I can speak Spanish, Ben Deco. Ben Deco. Tell me, do you remember when you first met uh, Cheech Marine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do I remember it? Yeah. Uh, I'm still I walk funny after that meeting. <laughs> what was he like? What, what what were you? What was the the initial kind of chemistry between the two of you? I didn't know what he was when I first saw him. It was like Iranian. No, uh, I didn't know what he was, man. You know, because we don't have Mexicans up in Canada except you know uh, football players, place uh, kickers, you know. <laughs> No, uh, but that that was it. No, I was I was intrigued. I think yeah. is the word. Yeah, but, I had the same reaction. Yeah, I was looking at I, him. What is he? <laughs> yeah, but I was. Uh, and and but when I saw his girlfriend <laughs> when he came to the club and he walked in with his gorgeous uh, br- uh, brunette wearing a full length uh, mink coat, looking so looking like Hollywood. She looked like something out of a Hollywood movie. And uh, everybody in the club went, whoa. <laughs> and I said, he's hired. <laughs> so, yeah, when what was your first act like when you first started going on stage? Were you doing the kind of stuff that you ended up doing, you know, later on your comedy albums, which became, you know, Grammy nominated and won a Grammy? Uh, and- no, actually, uh, we were on stage first, be- way before the records. You know, that's when, when, I, when I met him, I had an improv club in a strip joint. And, and I like che- I love Cheech's attitude because I told him what I had going. He's well, I'll, I'll, I'll let me check it out, see if it's suitable for me. So he came, he comes down. In the meantime, he's delivering carpets for a living, you know, uh, and and working for no pay in a in a hippie magazine. And, but he but he had to kind of think. Well, let me see if I if I if I uh, this is up to my standards. <laughs> yeah, if it's up to my standards. This strip bar, because I've been in a lot of strip bars before. You know? <laughs> it was uh, it was incredible. But wow. what Cheech did, uh, he 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 listened, and he watched. You know, he he just studied the show, and and be, I think before the week was out, he knew every part in the show, hmm. and uh, and and so when we. <laughs> When we put a band together, we weren't even thinking of doing comedy uh, when we broke up because I was I was really doing the the strip club in between gigs. You know, I, I was a Motown guy, and so I always thought I was going to be back playing guitar with. Uh, and then when uh, Cheech and I, uh, you know, when I found out Cheech was a singer, and I said, oh, of course, you know. So when we got fired, when the when the the comedy group got fired from uh, the club. Uh, Cheech and I stayed together, put a band together, and, and uh, went into the Battle of the Bands in Vancouver because I had the Motown reputation, yeah. so it was no problem getting in there. But uh, 
so we were going to do a little bit of comedy and then go go to the music. But once we started doing the comedy, we couldn't get out of it. It was <laughs> <laughs> people liked it too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was so. It was, and, and you know, when you get in the laughs, and this was like a a virgin crowd. This crowd had never seen comedy, you know, hippie comedy before, and so they were so attentive and a beautiful audience. And they all came and sat down and, and watched our show and. And we never played a note. <laughs> and we won the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, the band, the, band, the, the bass player came up and he goes, when's our next gig, boss? <laughs> We're talking with Tommy Chong and Cheech Marin. They're the legendary comedy duo Cheech and Chong, and they're part of SF Sketchfest. Begins today, runs through February 5th. They're actually going to be in conversation with Ben Fong Torres on January 31st. Is he still alive? He's still out there. He's still working. Three jobs, I heard. <laughs> yeah. God, he's, we, older than, he's older than Cheech, I think. I think so. We would love to hear from you listeners what your favorite Cheech and Chong moment is from the records, from the movies. Maybe you saw them live uh, here in the Bay Area. You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's uh, 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. We're going to go to listen to uh, an amazing song, just because we know you guys are uh, musicians. This one is, I believe, the Mexican-American song. Let's listen in, and we'll be back after the break. They like flowers and music and white girls named Debbie too. Mexican-Americans are named Chata and Chela and Chema and have a son-in-law named Jeff. Mexican-Americans don't like to get up early in the morning, but they have to, so they do it real slow. Mexican-Americans love education, so they go to night school and they take Spanish and get a B. Americans love their nanas and their nonos and their ninas and their ninos. Nanu, nanu, nina, no, no. Mexican Americans don't like to go to the movies where the dude has to wear contact lenses to make his blue eyes brown. Cause don't it make my brown eyes blue? And that's all I got. How do you like it? Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking with Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong. Of course, they are Cheech and Chong. They're going to be at SF Sketchfest, which begins today on January 31st. And we're going to be taking some of your calls today to your favorite Cheech and Chong moment from their music, from their comedy shows, from their movies. The number is 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. Um, Tommy, I wanted to uh, ask you about kind of when when the success really started to to roll in. You know, you'd been working in the burlesque show up in Vancouver. When did you think like, okay, we're we're like getting famous here? Like, this is a thing. I guess when uh, I had enough money to buy a used car. <laughs> Because up until up until then, uh, I had a Honda ninety that we used to. Uh, that was our transportation, and uh, and then when we uh, got discovered by Lou Adler, and uh, we got a, a little advancement on our record deal, uh, I went out. Well, actually, my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Shelby, she she bought the car because uh, you couldn't trust me buying anything used. <laughs> <laughs> that holds true <laughs> uh, to this day uh, you know i i uh, <laughs> i bought a car once that was parked in the driveway of, uh, of where we were living and it was a, a collector's item uh t-bird it was a t- i forget the year i oh, I think 61 T-Bird, but it was in great shape, except it didn't run. <laughs> so so I, I surprisingly got a little taste of money before we got signed with Lou. And uh, anyway, I had a note. I, I offered the guy, well, he offered actually to give it to me. And I said, no, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you 25. Uh, what day was it? 25? Dollars. They use dollars in the U.S. <laughs> but it wasn't. I can't say. No, I never had twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five bucks. That was it. it was not two hundred fifty or two thousand five hundred. <laughs> Inflation's <laughs> really done done a number, you know. Uh, <laughs> twenty-five dollars, and uh, and I took it and got a motor put in it. For a hundred dollars, in answer to your Possibly. question, a hundred, hundred, dollars in the mo- in the okay. car. So it was a car, the, huh? When the car, when I got the car out of the shop, it ran for as long as it ran, so it got two blocks away from the shop. <laughs> so I never, push it. never again. Yeah, um, Cheech, let let me ask you what was going on in comedy as your act was coming together, right? I mean, you had, like, who were you looking to? I mean, Richard Pryor, were you looking at other, were there other, you know, Chicano acts or multiracial acts that were out there where you were kind of going like, all right, these people are kind of pushing the boundaries in the way we want to. Were there other weed comedians? Like, talk to me about that. There was none of the above. There was no nobody doing what we were doing. No comedy, no comedy teams, as a matter of fact, hardly at, at that time. And and we were unique in, in all those aspects, you know, because they, they always looked at us when we got on and said, what are you? You know, what, both of us. What what are these guys? Why and why are they called Cheech and Chong? Mm-hmm. You know, and why why Chong? 
And, and he told, Tommy told this Chinese guy once, I said, why are you named Chong? He says, well, I'm Chinese. <laughs> you know Chinese. <laughs> you know? And so we always had this, like, what the, people always thought he was Chicano. Yeah. Yeah. I have to admit, I kind of, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I, why are you named Chong? Yeah. Well, I, you're, 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 you're Mexican yourself now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's why. That's why. Yeah. That's why in Canada we didn't know what Mexicans were. I, I swear to God, man. You know, we that we you know uh, we look for the cactus that they always uh, had. had them. They, all, they all thought I was uh, uh, Indian, uh, uh, na- native, uh, Native American. They always thought that that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, how yeah. how conscious were you of trying to like? know counter the stereotypes or provide people with a new way of thinking about you know chicano culture was that a conscious thing or was it more like we're going to make people laugh and they'll come along for some of these the, these other barriers we're trying to break down is that for me uh may, well maybe go to cheech first and then we'll come to you tommy on that okay well there was no really barriers that we were looking at because we were just looking for a gig that paid money that we could eat with you know it was like we were never uh that would kind of come after in retrospect but we were just trying to get a gig you know and the more gigs we had the the more we could keep our old ladies off of off us to get, get a straight gig <laughs> or let us keep living with them <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think, like, you know, some of the jokes from that time, like, when you listen when you listen back on them, do you feel like they still resonate? You know, like, in um, some some of the portrayals, like, where uh, the Mexican family calls immigration on themselves, and then they sort of self-deport so they can, you know, find a ride down to Mexico for a wedding. Like, when you talk to audiences now, do you feel like that stuff still lands for them? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> wow <laughs> that's a funny bit did everybody get cut off no 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 we're here, no, we're Everybody's here. here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. yeah i mean that bit is like you know it's it's a it's actually a deep bit though right about the you know kind of the, the how the border seemed to people and it's kind of like going back and forth across the border for for a long time you know before the border was sort of hardened more and i i look at that and i and I, I, I still find it funny, and it also kind of speaks to that time in kind of immigration back and forth across the border. Don't well, you think? It, it showed you how how innovative uh, hungry, poor people can be. If that's all it takes, and then, then no problem. Let's do it, you know? Yeah. That uh, was like the essence of Cheech and Chong, that we could be deep and shallow at the same time, <laughs> the same bit. And really, that really is the, the essence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the messages uh, were there uh, all throughout the movie, uh, in in every way. A lot of it, what was ordained, you know. The, uh, Cheech and Chong are very ordained. It was, you know, the spiritual world that needed, uh, you know, us <laughs> to clear up a lot of things, you know. And and the, I, I think, uh, in, in retrospect, you know, looking back at everything. You can see the effect that we had because what we did, we did use the kind of Martin Luther King approach where, where we became so lovable that no one could hate us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? Mm-hmm. you know, we weren't taking any sides. We were, in fact, if anything, we, we had to almost quit touring because we had so many Trumpy fans that, <laughs> would, 
they would come to the show expecting to see, you know, hear the records and that. And then when we did did our show, they would, uh, they, they, you know, like when I say, or when Cheech and I did uh, Does Your Mama Know About Me, uh, we got booed at huh? one show because it was full of Trumpy racists, you know. And, and, and that was, that's kind of what, stopped us from touring because uh you know everybody took sides you know but back in the day uh there was no such thing as uh, a trumpy or uh, a biden you know there was just uh, uh R richard nixon <laughs> and everybody's, everybody's enemy i also uh i want to play another cut for you all this is this is another one of these shallow but deep uh segments it's about um what will happen when marijuana is eventually legalized this is from uh, one of your live albums uh, in santa monica imagine when they legalize grass oh they're gonna legalize it tuesday i don't know if you read it in the times or not <laughs> sure. when they legalize grass they're gonna have to have commercials for it just like everything else and one of these days you're gonna turn on your tube and see the following right after mod squad Acapulco Gold Filters, take 13, roll them. <laughs> now that's some bad shit. Hi there, folks. Smoking more now, but getting high less? Try new Acapulco Gold Filters, regular and menthol. Acapulco Gold, just a stony three hits longer. And be sure to save the groovy coupons on the back. How do you think I got this? Out of sight hash pipe. I feel like that is, A, that's a hilarious bit, and it, go, it goes on for a while. It's a really good commercial. I actually feel like this is really prescient, though, right? Because this is exactly what has happened with marijuana legalization, right? There's big companies, they do advertising, and um, you, you saw this coming. Deep and shallow at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I once, you know, when, when we were on a right-wing talk show one time, uh, was it Bill? I think it was Bill O'Reilly when I said, what if we're right? What if everything we've been doing turns out to, that marijuana turns out to be healthy for you? And and what if we're right? Remember that, Cheech? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, Bill O'Reilly, you know, he's uh, huffing, puffing. But uh, yeah, yeah. And we, then he we got knew. fired. <laughs> yeah, we knew. We knew. Well, and Cheech, you've actually started your own cannabis business, right? Well, both oh, yeah. of us were involved in the business. Actually, Tommy was in it first, you know, because yep. he didn't have a job at the time. And so he was uh, getting to the marijuana industry, and he was the one that was out there for a long time before anybody, you know, yes. promoting and having I, I was true to my craft. Yeah. <laughs> and Tommy, what happened? Because you actually ended up also going to prison, right, for selling bonds, yeah. as I understand? I did, but that was kind of ordained uh, all my life. When I was young, you know, when I was like... Uh, you just knew you were destined for prison? No, 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He came from a prison background or crowd. I would, uh, we would, I would, I met this one guy at a party and uh, he just got out of prison, had nowhere to stay. And, um, and so I said, oh, you can, I, you know, I got, you can share my room. And so he came. 
and stayed with us. And and the thing is about guys that got out of jail, they were the best tenants anybody could have, you know, because they were polite, they were, cleaned up their room right away. You know, they 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 had manners. They they would visit with my mother and 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 uh, and and my mom, you know, fell in love with them. They're they're really cool guys. Because in Canada at the time, there was nothing, you know, when you got out of jail, you just got out of jail. There was mm-hmm. no one there to help you, and, uh, you know, with the living or anything like that. And so, so we were like a halfway house for uh, about three or four uh, mm-hmm. hardcore prisoners that got out of jail. And, and most of them, uh, except for one, the first one never went back. But all the other ones, you know, they were out for a while and then they'd commit a crime and go back. In fact, one guy uh, robbed a bank uh, just so he could pay my mother the back rent. Really? <laughs> and that's what he did, yeah. His M.O. was he would dress up like a, a woman, a little French guy. Frenchy was his name. Uh, Gilles Frechette. Uh, and, uh, and so he was really good. You know, he, he was tried to be on the straight and narrow, but he missed the Christmas show <laughs> in prison. He was in there for a bunch of years, and every Christmas they'd do a Christmas show. And so when Christmas got near, he got really teary-eyed and wanted to go back to prison. And so he robbed. He got dressed up like a woman, robbed a bank, came home, gave my mother the rent, and, and then went got turned himself in and went back to prison to the prison to the Christmas show. Oh my God! Oh my God! Let's uh, let's bring in our first caller. Uh, Adam in Santa Rosa has an interesting connection to you all. Welcome, Adam. Welcome, Adam. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, um, it's really a great connection. Is uh, the movie Up in Smoke was made in my my family's house actually uh, in L.A. So it's a really awesome theme. Um, I just ran into Cheech actually at the Mercy Wellness here in Santa Rosa. So, uh, yeah. and, and talked with them about it. And, uh, yeah, my uncle and my uh, mom were the ones that were jumping on you in the beginning of the movie, those little kids. Really? Put in the bowl. Yeah, that was my mom, Becky, and uh, Norman Sands. I'm sure you know, you know Norm or Tina. You guys just did an interview uh, at Venice Beach about the movie. Um, but, yeah, that's my family. And I, my favorite memories is... Uh, what, you know, every holiday we would sit around and watch the movie and laugh <laughs> and and just and just just look at, it, especially when you guys call the immigration to you know get the rider back home. I mean, these things resonated with us so much. I mean, people don't understand. Uh, you know, weed goes back in our family forever. You know, I, I'm be surprised if we didn't start weed. I mean, it, it was <laughs> it was that prevalent in our in our home. And uh, yeah, it's it's an honor. My my friends would never believe me until they would come to my house and see all the pictures and understand that yeah, Oven Smoke was really made in my family's house. So it's it's a great honor. I mean, you you must have been a high school legend, Adam. I feel like you yes. in Marin County. Um, you know, being able to say that um, absolute legend, um, Adam. Thank you, thank you so much. You know, Chicha, this is one of the really fun things. You know, even in like the Born in East LA video uh, music video from later. 
you know, there's all these kind of like community people and you can tell that they're not actors because they don't know how to be in front of a camera. Like there's the dudes in the taqueria who like the camera goes on them and they just kind of like awkwardly give you the thumbs up. You know, there's all these people from the community like Adam's family who were incorporated into all the, the stuff that you all were doing. There was an authentic tone that came off everything we did. You know, and people recognized it right away, like instances like that. You know, that that was them in the video that, you know, didn't know how to act or face the camera or what. But but that resonated, you know, and everybody recognized it. Oh, this is about us. Yeah. 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 It's it. You can't you can't write that stuff. It, it, it has to be organic. It, you just, uh, you know, like planting a, a pot plant, you know, you just have to you create the right uh, situation and with us it was la the weather uh uh the fact that uh, everybody that you needed was in their backyard or in the front yard <laughs> yeah. Chicanos, la had chicanos you know they didn't yeah. ask what, what are you they knew what you were yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh and, and you know and uh, every, everything uh, everything worked in our favor and and, and more than anything when we uh, hooked up with uh, uh, Robert uh, Altman's uh, uh, camera crew, you know, that really, uh, you know, under Lou Adler's direction, we, they, they and Lou, Lou's direction really was, okay, this is Cheech and Chong, just shoot what they tell you to, you know. <laughs> huh. So and you just, just went out, I mean, camera. that's one of the things that I've heard, right? So much of what you were doing in that movie was just improvising, not scripted, totally. just doing it. We, 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 yeah, yeah, we could, that, that's the way we did our live show, you know. Like, and that's how we did, recorded all the records in the movies at the same, uh, uh, you know, as well. It, it was, improvisation was the heart and core, uh, a soul of what we did all through our career. Yeah, the, the, the car bit, you know, that made it, made the movie, uh, we, we, uh, we wrote that in a, during an intermission, <laughs> like the how's my driving is that, I think it's park. yeah we wrote that during an intermission because we needed a bit that the the neighborhood you know that we were in could relate to and the neighborhood was uh los angeles and so we had to come up with a, a chicano bit you know and and the car thing was perfect and so we wrote that during uh, an intermission we had a, a like about a half hour to, to put a, a bit together <laughs> and we did it and we did it, and in our rehearsals, usually, and, and that's the way it was our record and uh, and our live show was like just before we went on. <laughs> we're we're talking with the legendary comedy duo Cheech and Chong. They're part of SF Sketchfest. We're listening as we go into this break to Born in East LA. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com.
We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking with Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong. They're the legendary comedy duo Cheech and Chong. They're part of SF Sketch Fest this year, which begins today, runs through February 5th. And if you want to catch them specifically, they're going to be in conversation with Ben Fong Torres on January 31st. We're uh, taking your calls, too, of your favorite Cheech and Chong moments, getting to just hear their reminiscences about their career and their time together. Uh, making authentic, hilarious uh, records and movies. The number is 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagrams, KQED Forum, and the email is forum at uh, kqed.org. Um, Cheech, I wanted to uh, quickly read you a couple of the YouTube comments from uh, the Born in East L.A. Uh, video because I feel like it really gets at what this song, what, what some of this work that you all have done together um, does for people. Um, one comment goes, I remember when this came out back in 86, 87, I'd just broken up with my soon to be ex-wife. I was half a paycheck away from being homeless. And I listened to this song. I grew up in LA and cruised Whittier Boulevard in East LA many nights. It made me laugh and helped me through. I'm 61 now, retired, living a very good life with my love of 35 years. Hearing this song again and seeing this video makes me laugh and almost cry. The next comment down. Very inspiring story of a man who overcame being kidnapped by a racist cop and taken to a foreign land by returning home and hooking up with Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Uh, for, for those who don't remember, in this, in the video, uh, Born in East L.A., and for those who don't remember Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, you know, noted beer saleswoman, among other things, um, Elvira somehow runs into you, Cheech, and then you ride back uh, in a in a beautiful car, and I, I've always wondered why was Elvira there in TJ with you uh, in Port in East LA? She was uh, uh, Cassandra Peterson, who was the actress who was was Elvira. As she was part of the Groundlings, uh, the improv group that every significant comedian and, wow. and from then on came out of Jennifer Coolidge was in the ground names and and Lorraine Newman and from SNL and uh, and she was part of our group she came up with this Elvira character during that part and so okay she's in the movie <laughs> no wait that is that's where Elvira came from like uh-huh. that uh, improv group that is incredible yeah. and then we had Pee Wee Herman and Edie McClurg and Phil Hartman they were the original cast or the original cast of, uh, of the Groundlings when we first discovered them and put them in the movies no kidding and that... Rita Hanks too don't forget Rita oh Rita uh, Rita Wilson uh, who was uh, now married to Tom Hanks and she's no Rita Hanks I guess Oh my God! She was uh, she was one of the Help Me Wamba girls. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! You know my my dad was in L.A. nineteen seventies. You know Mexican guy come to the U.S. and I have this incredible vision of nineteen seventies L.A. as this extremely special place. You know, just where all kinds of different people are mixing, and it's fun, and it's West Coast, and it's loose. 
and you are doing nothing to dispel this myth that I've been building <laughs> for the last 30 years. This sounds incredible. Well, it's it's like, you know, this is the part of L.A. that they didn't put in the movies or the TV shows, the real L.A. And we were the first ones to kind of, that was our home. And we cruised through it and showed you, you know, that was, that was we were the first kind of guys to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Let's, uh, let's bring in another caller. They've got some more people who want to share memories with you. Uh, Chris in San Francisco, welcome. Hi. Um, yeah, I think um, Cheech and Chong are kind of um, indelibly uh, marked in my past because my first introduction to them was when my parents, I think they were trying to get me to grow up when I was a teenager, and and they uh, they dropped me off with a bunch of other kids in some group to go on a one-week backpacking trip. And that first night, um, we were all teenagers, and I was scared to death um, being away from my parents and being with all these strangers. And they put on, um, and I'm probably dating myself, but like a Cheech and Chong LP, and they were just playing it. And I was kind of like off in a corner, just kind of scared to death. And I was like trying to make sense of what is this talking stuff going on? And, you know, it's a record without music. And, uh, um, it really kind of like I'll never forget that it kind of like um, it was like a wake up call to me as I as I grew up. And then as I continued to get older, um, I, you know, I ended up buying the LP and and then, you know, there's so much. And I just put on Up in Smoke last night because y'all are here um, and, and going back and watching that. Um, I mean, it just kind of rings so true to how things were, you know, with weed and people, you know, at the time, you know, you had to be worried about whether it would be a felony, depending upon where you were um, and all of that stuff. So it, it's just part of like a, a lifelong uh, um, memory of, of how things were and how things continue to change. But it really it really stuck with me. Man. <laughs> so. Thank you very much. I'm glad it was uh, we ushered you into that. Uh, that into manhood. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, discovering uh, L.A. has salsa. How long has this been going on? You know, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it's amazing how meaningful people, you know, because it, it, it's funny because if you go back right now, any, anybody out there who's listening and you watch Up in Smoke, it is a very silly, very funny movie, but it did touch people in, in very deep ways you know um deep let me and shallow. Uh, yeah deep and shallow let's bring in uh mark from burlingame welcome mark hey guys thanks so much um this is a big thrill for me because i was introduced to ching and chong when i was about eight years old by accident um my dad managed this big warehouse in la and he threw a christmas party and i think he went into the bargain bin of a record store to buy christmas presents for everybody and he grabbed about 40 albums and yours, the 1971 album, um, my brother and I were able to snag. And so we started, I started listening to that album and was introduced to Dave and Blind Mel and Chitlin and Wink Dickerson at about eight. And it's forever stayed with me. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, so thanks, guys. Um, You're welcome. So, uh, so, so I, I mean, to this day, I can recite pretty much most of the album with a course select group of my friends. Uh, but I, my question is this, um, when you come up, when you saw, you know, certain characters always stick out, especially on this album. And I want to focus on blind Mel and Chitlin. I mean, to, in all honesty, did you guys think of that guy or did you see someone who played that part and you said, we've got to run with a character on this and put him into a sketch. And not necessarily limited to him, but maybe starting with Blind Mel and Chitlin. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey. we did. We we did. We uh, uh, well, first of all, they they did a bit like that on the on the committee. Uh, an old blind blues singer, and he comes out, and and he's so you're so drunk he can't talk, and he just sputters into the the harp, the muscle organ, and and he gets a big uh, standing ovation, and, and and so I saw that bit. And then uh, my my, I, my first wife is was black, Ma- Maxine, uh, and her brother Floyd, who ended up being the drummer for the Three Dog Night. <laughs> uh, three uh, Floyd was really funny. He's 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 having some health issues right now, but uh, I would hang on. Floyd is a comedian. He's very funny. And he used to imitate his dad talking uh, to his uncles on the phone. And that's where I got that, ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> the Blind Melon uh, uh, thing. And so Blind Melon was like uh, uh, part uh, uh, T-Bone Walker. We saw T-Bone Walker teach night when... Uh, Right at the end of his career, when he was, he was too drunk really to stand up, and and they had to sit him down. But and they put a guitar in his lap, but they didn't tune the guitar. The <laughs> guitar was totally out of tune, and he, and he got a big ovation, big stand, almost standing ovation because he was such a, a legend. And so when 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 it came time to record, Dave's not here. Uh, which was our first ever recording. Uh, the days not here it only took a couple of minutes to record, and so we had to come up with some more uh, bits, and and so we we ad libbed a, a blind melon chillin session, and uh, and wow. then then blind melon became a big yeah. uh, part of our show, and wow. right up until uh, Herbie Hancock, actually the jazz great. He was the one that kind of had me stop doing blind melon chillin. <laughs> huh? Like he said, like I. Did I ever tell you that one, Cheech? No, I never heard this. Okay, well, Herbie was going to go on after us at, at um, or he had been on in in Reno, Reno, Nevada, and so uh, Herbie is a big Cheech and Chong fan, but blind melon chillin always pissed him off. Uh, but but he was such a big fan that he couldn't. Uh, articulate anything at the time but that's one time in uh, reno nevada we had a little serious talk and he he said herbie said to me he says you know man when you when you do the blind character you play man you you can play there's no doubt about it you can play music and then you do that other <laughs> and I said, "Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Time to hang up by me." You know, that's how we evolve. That's how we grow, right? You know, I. <laughs> um, I want to read you a few more uh, comments from uh, from people. Tons of them pouring in appreciations uh, of your work. Um, Victoria tweets the Santa Claus song. I still laugh thinking of my dad oh, singing yeah. it while he do his bony knees dance in his weird <laughs> shorts. Michelle writes, I'm now a 60-year-old nurse, but my memory of listening to Cheech and Chong with my brothers over and over. My Mexican lawyer father didn't love them, but he would laugh so hard. Awesome memories. 
Joel writes, when my kids were little, they must have heard me say about a million times, it's not healthy to suppress bodily functions, man. (laughs) Jacob writes, so many hilarious moments with you guys, but the two that stick out and that I always quote with my friends are both from Up in Smoke, I believe. The scene where you smoke the dog poop and start tripping out still kills me every time. That monologue by Cheech after. And also when you go to visit the cousin and tell him not to stare at his neck, but he does anyway, and all the craziness that ensues on the motorcycle afterward. I'm laughing right now as I'm writing this, just thinking of it. Thank you so much for all you've given and all the joy you've brought to us over the years. Blessings, fellas. Much love. Another listener tweets, the Dave's not here bit. Everybody I knew ended up memorizing it. And Tom writes, whenever I get uh, together with my high school friends from way back, we still make each other laugh by quoting the line, you better get a job by sundown or we're shipping you off to the military school. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Finkelson. Such a... I I have to say, one thing I do... I I have wanted to ask, though, is, I mean, you created these comedic personas, but you've got other interests. I mean, Tommy, you know, you've been... Uh, a musician, you know, both before and after. Cheech, you're like a renowned collector of Chicano art. You've got, you know, your own museum in Riverside now. What was it like, and maybe Cheech will start with you and we'll go to you, Tommy, to have to kind of reckon with that there was the persona, you know, Cheech or Chong, and then there were the real person, you know, Cheech and Tommy. Yeah, I just I just ignored that part of, you know, it's like, okay, so this is what I'm doing now. And, you know, and then you'll come to, you know, accept it or understand it as I go on and do that, you know, because, and that was always the the thing when I first started getting into touring the, the collection of Chicano art. And uh, they liked me as a comedian, the, the academic community, you know, okay, funny Cheech and Chong, but who is he to tell us what's up? With Chicha, what with Chicano uh, you know, art, so he doesn't have a, a PhD and unpaid student loans, man. He's not one of <laughs> us, you know. Just an honorary degree, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but once you start unloading the unloading the crates and they see the art, it all changed right there, you know. So it was it, you couldn't you couldn't verbally argue with them, you know. You could just show them, and then they understood. Yeah. How about you, Tommy? What's the question? I forgot. Well, like, did you did you struggle with like having to you know you're a real person, Tommy Chung, and then you have this you know <laughs> related comedic no. persona who is you know half uh, no, of Cheech no, and Chung. No, 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 no. That was that was that's the only thing I fought for was the the, the authenticity of our characters. You know, uh, right from the beginning. You know, there's a lot a lot of things that we did uh, it was a conscious decision you know for instance to be in good shape you know with our bodies and that you know and 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 if we're going to do pot humor i wanted to make the pot smoke see the reason i i I was sold on pot was that my my initial thing when when i got fired from motown and i went on my own i wanted the only thing i wanted to do was go work out at gold's gym and (laughs) And, and lay on the beach and write songs. That that was my plan. And that's what I was doing until uh, the club, you know, that we had up in Canada started, uh, they needed my attention. And so uh, I had to go back up to the clubs. And that's when I changed the, the strip club into an improvisational comedy club. And, but with strippers. Uh, yeah, with, with strippers. And uh, it was improv. And and so, so what, what, what what I found out when we when we did the movie, I wanted to show I wanted 
uh, uh, the, these guys, these characters of ours, to be in such good physical shape that that no matter what we did, everybody would laugh, you know, because we're not hurting ourselves. You know, you know how you sometimes you see someone in a movie and they start drinking, and so you know right away it's going to be all about the the drinking or you know the drugs and that. And right away your heart drops because you like them so much, but you know that they're going down the wrong path. Well, with me, I want to do the opposite. I wanted yeah. to show yeah. these pot smokers in, in such great shape, and so I actually worked out with with. Uh, in the same gym as Arnold. Uh, Ar- <laughs> really? On Venice? Arnold, Wait, wasn't that, was that Venice or no? Yeah. <laughs> Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. Uh, and, and I became friends with Arnold. And there's another guy, and I put him in the movie too, uh, Zabel. Zabel was my hero. Zabel, when he died at 83, he was still working at the gym. And, uh, and he was sick. He had, he had malaria or something, but he was sick, in such good shape every which way that just months before he died <laughs> I went to see him and 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 I noticed this beautiful uh, young blonde uh, not blonde but a beautiful model waiting for Zabel to get off work <laughs> so so Zabel could uh, service her you know fix her up and uh, and and so that's what I wanted to show how you know how you could smoke weed and and still have a you know incredible shape you know being incredible cheech do you i have to ask cheech do you still have the crop top from um up in smoke um that's quite an outfit you've got suspenders (laughs) you've got the crop top you've got the kind of quasi pachuco pants do you still have that uh no, I don't have the original one, but we used to use well the one we used in the act, yeah. And I made that up from just observing what everybody was wearing because it was how can I put all these really weird elements together and make it make sense? So you know, a crop top with a high waisted uh, uh, cholo pants and sus- red suspenders and and uh, and a beanie and a red beanie. So like, well, how's this work? It's funny and <laughs> it works but no, but. But, but but you see you see where the artistic sense came in. Yeah, yeah. That's that's art. That that's Cheech's art, by the that's way. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, Cheech Cheech uh, for the most part would uh, you know uh, create all his wardrobe. You know, yeah. uh, in in next movie, you know, uh, Red. Uh, no, the was it Red the cousin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was red, uh, yeah, Cheech uh, uh, designed that outfit. Yeah. That's so funny. We we are we have been talking with Tommy Chong and Cheech Marin. They're the legendary comedy duo Cheech and Chong. They're part of SF Sketchfest, which begins today. If you want to catch them specifically, it's January 31st in conversation with Ben Fong Torres. Thank you both so much for joining us this morning. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.